0: May have heard of us. All right. What's up, Shard? This is Stephen, your host with Entology Podcast. I have my lifelong friend Josh here, and we're talking about The Sunlit Man by Brandon Sanderson, aka Secret Project Four, which basically brings the year of Sanderson to a close. It's been a fun year. We've got four unexpected books and the most recent uh and the and the final one I thought was a, another solid entry into the Cosmere. What do you think Josh?
1: Yeah, and just to kind of put a bow on it, we also are, there's also the fourth book in the in the what what series is that? The
0: Skyward. I don't know, I can't Skyward. remember if there's an actual like series name, but you know, Skyward. I think there is one. But yeah, but the fourth Skyward book, book. um
1: so not quite <laughs> the year Sanderson isn't quite over for for That's most fair. authors if you get 4 bucks in a year then you'd think that was a decent year but right. nope. and Sanderson. he still got his
0: convention in a yeah. couple of weeks here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but yeah, his
1: his Kickstarter uh is over. I might have some hot takes on this book kind of. Okay.
0: Let's start with kind of a high level. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, for sure just high level. I think it was it, it wasn't my favorite secret project. In fact, I think it was my third favorite. I didn't like it as much as as much as uh, Yumi or Yumi, as much as Tress. Tress. Yeah. Okay. And so, of course, that's not, it's not like bad at all. I, I just, I don't know. It, it has everything that you'd think I would like with Sanderson. Like it's a faster pace. Sanderson, I, I really like all of what Sanderson puts out. And I do like Westerns. Like I've read all of the Gunslinger series by, Stephen King I mean I guess I don't like I haven't read a ton of westerns but like I'm not opposed to the the format overall but something sure. just didn't quite like click for me I don't know if it was the protagonist that didn't re- really quite work or but just didn't really hold my attention the way the the other mm. projects did okay so,
0: yeah since you ranked your four secret projects I'll say I liked Yumi the most and then this one and then Tress and then kind of in a distant fourth was the frugal wizard thing which i think was just kind of a misfire but maybe that's a little bit of a i don't know if i'd say that's a hot take but a lot of people really love tress and i thought it was just like okay yeah but yumi i thought was was the best
1: yumi yumi was my favorite as well um with Tress being a close second and this being and not distant third but like uh like if if yumi is like an i would say is probably like an 8.5 tress like an eight. This would be like a seven, probably.
0: Yeah, I would say this is like a seven and a half book for me. Yeah. It's like really average. Would I reread it? Probably not I, unless I, I, I was okay. really I, committed. I to might reread it. Read.
1: Yeah, I might reread it after Starlight Five and after you know, like if we do find okay. out, okay, like way what into happens? The yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if, to contextualize the silup a bit more, which I think will kind of lead into kind of a broader conversation about Cosmere connections Mm. with this book, Um, but that will necessitate more spoilers. So I don't know if we want to get into spoilers.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I think I could see myself rereading this book in like 10 years when we're well into the second era of Stormlight and we probably have the next era of Mistborn out and we're starting to get into more of you know future cosmery. I think it it could be interesting once again yeah, and depending to see what's going on here. Depending on
1: what happens with the character of Nomad in Stormlight Archive, like up until this point, I haven't been too connected to that character. I'm trying to keep it spoiler light still. Uh huh. So if I get really invested in his storyline and like Stormlight, then I I might want to come back and reread this after being more invested in that character. Is my only thinking.
0: Once you get invested, huh? Yeah, when, when, once I <laughs> once I get my
1: my skip skip capacity up to uh, whatever bu's or whatever the, the unit was,
0: yeah, whatever the Sanderson Sciences in this book. All right, yeah. let's do a quick pause for an ad break, and then we will continue on with uh, more of a full spoiler review. Okay, so here we are with Nomad slash ZigZill slash Zelian. And like you said, we saw him in Stormlight. We've seen him a lot in Stormlight. He's been, you know, kind of a, I mean, he's Hoyd's apprentice. And he's kind of an interesting character for me in Stormlight. But honestly, there are so many characters in Stormlight and so many that are more interesting that he's really, you know, a solid side character. And so I was definitely not opposed. And I enjoyed the time that he got here to kind of shine as more of a main. And I'm really interested to see what's happened in the, intervening years slash like centuries. I, I don't know if we actually know how long exactly it's been, but I thought uh, you know, this look ahead was really interesting. And that's the thing that I enjoyed the most was this story and kind of all the questions that it raised as to what has happened since we last saw the Cosmere.
1: Yeah, that's really what I'm I'm really concerned about, kind of, is, you know, it seems like Something drastic has happened. Yeah, it seems like things are bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bad enough that you have members of Bridge Four breaking their oaths. It seems like that was more of just maybe just him. Like, I don't know if there was like something massive that happened, but maybe Mm -hmm. in like another desolation or something. I don't know, but we're sure um, we can do
0: some speculation uh, as to what happened with Kaladin. There's a few times where Sigil thought that Kaladin was there and, you know, he had kind of this inkling of hope, like, could it be? And you know, I, does that mean Kaladin is dead or like imprisoned in some alternate, you know, who knows? Right. Yeah. I don't know if well, we can really I, conclude anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, he has been over to damnation It seems like quite a bit. He mentions how cold it is there and stuff. So there seems to be like kind of worlds colliding a little bit over mm. over on Roshar. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's kind of a big question mark,
0: right? And I think we need to say before we get into much speculation, which we probably won't do a ton, honestly, because we are fans of the Cosmere. We've read a lot of the books, but at this point, you almost need a degree in yeah. Sanderson books to really like. I think like
1: we, I think like we have a bachelor's degree in the in the Cosmere, yeah. but but you really kind of need a masters degree or or a graduate degree uh, to
0: right get just all say, the say like, we yeah. understand the theories here but in order okay. to propose anything new you know we definitely are, do not have sufficient education so check out stuff like 17th chart if you're really wanting like an in-depth dive into this means this this means that whatever we'll just kind of give you a high level of did we like the book what stuck out to us
1: <laughs> yeah i do think in terms of kind of a meta conversation about it, do do you think that it pulled it down? Like all the connections, do you think it li- lifted it up? What, what do you think the, in terms of the connections to the wider Cosmere?
0: I thought it made this book better. I don't know if I would have been interested in a. Sigzil Western. Book in the future without. The connections into the stuff that really matters. It. I mean, it's easy to make the Marvel connection right? Cause both are ex- extended universes. I feel. I feel. With Marvel sometimes, especially with the more recent movies, they just like stuff in all of these cameos and connections into stuff that matters in order to make me, like in order to try to convince me that I care about this weird movie that I'm watching just because like maybe it's important to stuff that I actually care about. So in that case, I think that's thumbs down the way that Marvel's doing that. Here, I'll say, I mean, it's kind of similar. It got me to care about the book more. I guess that maybe I'm not entirely sure what my conclusion is on this, but those are some those are some random thoughts. To take those are some for, thoughts. For what it will, yeah. I also feel like it kind of
1: brought this book down a little bit, just because it pulled me away from this from the narrative of this book, trying to like fit pieces together. Like, okay, like you would have preferred this
0: story to be strong enough to just stand on its own.
1: A little bit, yeah, yeah. I, and I feel like it was, and I don't feel like I read this. So like I would have read this either way. And and mm-hmm. at this point it's hard to say, would I read this either way because I like 95% of what Sanderson writes? So I'm just gonna it's whatever he puts out as an instant read. Or am I gonna read this because it's a Cosmere book? And I guess I just answered my own question because I'm I haven't been keeping up on like the Skyward books. So I don't necessarily instant read everything mm-hmm. Sanderson puts out. So I guess it is kind of just because it's a Cosmere book. But I don't think that's a bad thing either. But but where more what I think where I think that the issues kind of were at for me was it pulled me out of the narrative to being like okay, so I remember at the ending, and this is I guess we're moving into like pretty just broad Cosmere spoilers. So if you are really spoiler sensitive, or if you're not current with the Cosmere, then you might want to dip out. But like I was like okay, so at the ending of the Lost Metal. They had like struck like a group of um, Skadrians had like struck out to go study the Cosmere with the Chondra. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like waiting for like, oh, is a Chondra going to pop up in here? Or like, are the one of these characters going to be a Con? You know, like, it's kind of like thinking about all these things in the back of my mind. Of course, the whole kind of first part of the book, you're trying to figure out who Nomad is before you're just told that it's Xil. Um, I'm sure people, tons of people push, put that together before the reveal. I didn't. Anyway, so that th- those are kind of my thoughts of like, I feel like in some ways, all the Cosmere connections were pulling me out of the narrative of this book.
0: Did you know that Zellian was a thing in the yeah, Sanderson I, verse before I, reading the book?
1: Yes. I had read an article about a Zell- some sort of Zellion thing happening. I think it was when the pre-release chapters were released. People were theorizing that Nomad was Zellian. Or had confirmed that Nomad Nomad was Zellian mm-hmm. or something, and so there was that connection in the back of my mind, and and I remembered watching I watched his Elden Ring playthrough, and I remember, it, or that rung a bell, and then it was he his Elden Ring character was named Zellion.
0: Yeah, he uses he uses Zellian as his gamer tag, I think, yeah, for most things.
1: Yeah. So yes, the the name Zellian had I remembered hearing before.
0: So. The Brotherwise Games is doing a little miniature Cosmere thing right now, and that was also a Kickstarter. And so they have a bunch of figurines, right, of the different Cosmere and Stormlight characters. I think mostly Stormlight characters. And one of the bonuses that they added in was Zellion, and he looks really fierce. And I mean, he looks like an enemy, essentially like a like a big bad. And so I didn't realize, I mean, I knew that Sigzil was a nomad going in because I had read the preview chapters that were released, but I did not realize that he was also Zellion. And so I was confused for a second because in my mind I was like, okay, Zellion is an enemy here, but it's also Sigzil. But I mean, Sigzil He's sounds definitely like he some... got up to he got up to some bad stuff. Or some something. Point. He's so. somebody's enemy. Because yeah,
1: yeah. Do do we really know that that what was that group that was chasing him? The like the
0: the night knight something the knight brigade night right
1: yeah like we don't really know if they're good or bad like they might be good you know but they're kind of the antagonist in this story but well mm. i mean it's it's hinted that they would kill like millions of people just to get to nomad so probably not good if they're like on some death star type stuff
0: but definitely seems like reading into the end game of the cosmer here and the dawn shards are now kind of the infinity stones that we're going to be seeing at the end of the Cosmere.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> so
0: they're I mean, going full circle with the Marvel analogies, we've seen Don charts before. I think we're starting to like slowly get an understanding of how important they are, but they they haven't been a big thing in a mainline Cosmere book yet. So I wonder if we'll start to see them in a in a Stormlight, maybe a Stormlight Five. We'll get some mention of Don charts.
1: Yeah. we'll we'll see. But that, that would be interesting if it's, you know, all these factions start to assemble these, these Dawn shards. And then there was reference to like the ghost bloods right on the, on the ship. Was it one of the,
0: I don't know. I don't actually remember if, if ghost bloods were brought up in this book or not.
1: They weren't, they weren't by name, but one of them mentioned like, oh, you would just give away that secret or something like that. And I think mm. that had mentioned that they had like a marking that I think was the ghost bloods marker the diamond tattoo thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm, okay. I would assume they're still around, yeah.
1: but, but like you're getting these type of like, okay. So the ghost bloods are still a player. You got this like nine per grade thing. That looks like they're going to be a pretty substantial player. You get bridge Four that. They're still, they're making their mark on the cosmere. So, it, which is pretty awesome. You know, like the fact that within the last like 15 years, we've kind of made this progress in the Cosmere.
0: I do feel like, and obviously it's easy to say this because this book is really disconnected from the timeline that we're familiar with, but we've been, you know, for years, we've been reading these Mistborn and, and Stormlight and, you know, a few of the other Cosmere entries. And it's just, you know, eras before where we're at. and, And I feel really established and Okay, you know, here are the current happenings of the Cosmere, here's what's at stake. Right now we're all about Odium and Trell and those types of things. And now we're just like way far ahead, and there's these new factions. And so it was a little jarring to me in that way because I'm used to feeling like relatively comfortable in understanding the larger picture. And then all of a sudden I'm like off in some Mal Zen book where I don't even know, you know, who these different gods and factions are. And what's at stake and so, so in that in that sense i was like yeah, i'm a little uncomfortable with this but it, you know at the same time it it was just one book and i'm sure we'll catch up to it eventually so it's not a big deal to me
1: yeah i think it's kind of just like a flash forward type thing like you can say hey this is kind of where we're heading kind of get prepared for it you know like we're it's going to turn into maybe some more like sci-fi fantasy combos here mm-hmm. but a shard blade like that that's what i like is that like you still see that like a shard blade and plate is still going to be like one of the most powerful weapons in the cosmere even with like this whole you know science fiction element adapted to it like you know still like the weapons that you know are Mm -hmm. super powerful are still going to be super powerful
0: which and he was able to use uh the plate especially in some kind of new and cool ways that we hadn't seen before yeah it had that you know sanderson unique science Mark that seems to be popping up in every single one of his new books. And, you know, we got a little lecture on what's going on with the science of the world and how we're gonna use that to solve the big problem. And I think those things are fine. Sometimes it does feel like a little formulaic in the sense of, okay, we know there's gonna be a new science thing. We know that someone's gonna figure it out and explain it right at the, you know, right at the opportune time and kind of save the world. Might be nice to like, I don't know, switch that up a little bit.
1: I feel like Yumi switched that up a pretty big amount. Like the, you still got that a little bit, but like it was mm-hmm. much like more of a softer system, and it was more of an yeah, the characters had to make that internal progression, like character progression, versus like figuring out how the science worked. They had to figure out like themselves, you know, much more than the science.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, I can see that. Painter
1: always knew how to paint. But it was how could he, you know, you know what I mean.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And same thing with trust, kind of like much more whimsical. So I think that we're getting that we okay, are getting that's that, fair, that's fair that uh, kind of switch up. But yes, this did seem very typical. Like uh, it, it very, it seemed a lot. It seemed very similar to the Lost Metal, which is probably the the one where you're very thinking of of like, okay, here's like a chunk of the book that's like all devoted to like experimenting, explaining the science, explaining like, you know, enough, like real world science.
0: And Rhythm of War was a lot like that. And And, yeah, you're right. You could even go like back to something like Elantris where they do that for a while. And then all of a sudden they figure out the big thing that saves the world, right? So it it was a very Sanderson book. And I do have to, I mean, he wrote this relatively quickly. I think we've seen that all of the secret projects were- you know, maybe a little bit unpolished compared to some of his bigger books. And not that it's like, you know, not that it makes them terrible or anything, but I think maybe a little rough around the edges, still solid. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A kick a kind of a Kickstarter project product. A successful Kickstarter.
0: Yeah, yeah. basically. Basically. Yeah. And I mean, we can look back at this and obviously the Kickstarter was huge, the biggest Kickstarter ever in the history of Kickstarter. And I mean, I'm going to say it was a success. Like, not every Kickstarter do you really get what was promised. And in this case, I I think that they did a really good job at at Dragon Steel. Like, Brandon did write four solid books, three solid books, one bit of a clunker. But, you know, three very solid books, entries to the Cosmere, people read them, enjoyed them. They're going to be talked about for a while. They're relevant. They're not just like side things that no one cares about. And then he also did a bunch of stuff like with all the swag in the boxes and that was all high quality things as well. So all in all, like it's a, a for the kick, like a, a minus for the Kickstarter effort and really solid effort. And this kind of concludes it all and does so admirably.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I'd say easy a, and it's not like, uh, in my opinion, um, the third secret project wasn't bad in my opinion. It just wasn't great. But frugal wizard
0: like yeah i thought it was
1: bad. I, I mean there's plenty of people that liked it i think i know it's not like the predominant i don't know man i'm just saying like it it, it was a fine book
0: i feel you know i really love a lot of sanderson's book uh a, a lot of his books right like i i gush about a lot of his a lot of his stuff so i feel totally justified in saying i did not like that book
1: i i, I i'm not saying you have i'm not saying you have to like it I, I, in fact i think it would be one that you specifically wouldn't like with your with your tastes, but, like, I just I don't know. I'm just saying that, like, I don't think it was like an under if somebody promised to write a book and then gave you that book, like, I don't think that that's like you could say that they didn't write a book. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. no, I'm not saying he didn't write a book. I'm just it wasn't my favorite. It was yeah. probably one of the worst things that he's put out ever <laughs> fair, enough. fair enough, you know, the other three were solid. anyway, let's let's kind of get back Sorry. to Sulit Man a little bit. So, what did you like? What stood out to you? Yeah,
1: yeah. So Limit. yeah, back to Limit. I think that the um, relationship between Ox and Sigzel slash Nomad. I think at times it would get a little bit, uh, like it would wear on me a little bit. But mostly it was fun to see that kind of Spren human connection. And I, I did it overall. I thought that that was a fun, very fun part of the book. I also really. I thought it was cool to see this plight of this kind of group of people from, Oh, what's the name of the planet from shadows of silence?
0: Uh, Therenity.
1: Therenity. Yeah. Like that's kind of like people that were
0: just, yeah, that's a good point kind of on that's their journey point. in the wilderness. Good like continuation. That was cool. Yeah. That's a good novella and something that's kind of been off on its own for a while. And yeah. now we have a connection into another thing. So yeah, that, that was nice. Yeah.
1: Like in my opinion, I'm, I'm trying to get the right word like the Israelites when they were on there, like in the wilderness, I don't know what the term for the, I feel like there's a term that I'm not getting, but like this kind of, yeah. Yeah. But like this people that were out on, you know, in the wilderness, so to say like uh, a nomadic journey, you could say. Yeah, I guess. But, but like, I mean, that was cool to see them like stranded on this world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to see them stranded on this world, like looking for some sort of like a messianic figure, like that was, that was pretty cool. I thought, and they put all this faith in him it was a typical like uh he didn't really want it but he he needed to provide whatever assistance he could i thought Mm. his arc was i thought his arc was well done yeah i don't know i i think that it covered all those basics really well
0: yeah no i agree i think the nomad journey from beginning to end and it was a really short time period i mean i don't know exactly how many days we're talking about this story happened over but You could tell this was a figure that came in with the weight of, you know, a lifetime weighing down on his soul and was able to kind of make some progression through that at great personal sacrifice with Ox. And that, that was all pretty well done. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about this earlier, but just to highlight one interesting Cosmere thing that I uh, picked up on was Ox was a high, high sprint, right. From the skybreaker order. And Mm -hmm. Sixel, when we last saw him, was had bonded an honor sprint, and and was currently a why can I not remember the order? Windrunner, or windrunner, sorry. windrunner, duh, yeah. yeah, of course, yeah. So he he was a windrunner, and so he broke his oaths or his old uh, honor sprint died, and now he re, he rebonded uh, and became a skybreaker. Like obviously, a lot happened there, and. Furthermore, he'd like sacrificed that other spread. And so he's, he's gone through two of them now. And in the meantime, held the Dawn Shard. And so there's just so much history with his character. And that was fun to kind of explore a little bit. Obviously, we, we still have a lot of questions, but then to see him progress into someone who seems a little bit more at peace was, was nice. Yeah, it seems,
1: I, I thought a cool part was when Ox was like, I swore my oaths too like that was that was kind of neat. We we've, we've just mainly seen it from like a human perspective and i guess right. a little bit in in uh, rhythm of war. Yeah, rhythm of war, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we saw it more spread a little bit, but i thought that that was a, mm-hmm. a cool um stark contrast of ox being like if there's a way for me to keep my oath, i need to do it. And then i think that the other fun thing was just the way that he interacted with what what are their names? the sisters I can't remember their names, but uh, um,
0: and Elegy,
1: yeah, yeah, kind of like how he kind of fell in love a little bit, but wouldn't let himself fully commit. Or I don't know mm-hmm. if he fell in love, but like there's that, will they, won't they, and then yeah. he's like, nope, not going to do it, yeah, which ironically, that felt like more of a more of one of Sanderson's more natural romances that had developed, and then he noped out of there. I don't know, what do, what <laughs> do you think?
0: Well, I mean, I think it was the correct choice for him he knew that he would just be messing with her if he if anything was to happen yeah but no i i did like the relationship there and i thought his uh you know his relationship with all of the beaconites developed naturally he was you know a reluctant savior figure at first and then kind of came to realize that you know this is still worth doing and he still could be that hero that he wanted to be ages ago right that he thought he had lost all opportunity to be so that yeah i mean just connecting back to his arc i think the the people of beacon and uh ruby canology, especially and also those uh, the old women who were like the leaders i don't remember their names they had the weird thernadite names they were another kind of side character that the the one uh, i don't remember her name it's been too long anyway yeah that that whole relationship with those people Really kind of made the book for me. Yeah,
1: I agree. And then when he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm at least as old as they are," and then you're like, "Oh yeah, he he has some time on him. Like he's pretty good. right." But I think that did serve to kind of give give us a little bit of a age on him. Like he's not like ancient ancient. He's like you know maybe a 100, 150 years old or so. You know.
0: Yeah, there's got to be a timeline out there somewhere. I guess maybe that's something we should uh, check out. Seventeenth yeah. Charts probably put it together.
1: I'm sure they have it together. Get some arc- Arcanus on the on the hunt.
0: So one uh, one other thing was this was a very fast paced book. Sanderson doesn't write a ton of super fast paced. It's often there's often an extended period of slow burn in his hundred page uh, books. So but but in this one, I mean, it was just action 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 all the way through, and that could set up some interesting stuff for Stormlight Five because we know that that's. I mean, we assume that that's really just going to be over the course of like ten days, so that should be pretty. I, I don't think it is. As well, personally, you don't think, don't think you you think there'll be. The I 10 have days my theory. Will be up, and then they'll go into. I
1: think. I think the ten days are going to. I think in the first, the first fifth of the he breaks those up into five parts, right? Usually. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first fifth is going to be the, those ten days, and then the the climax of the first fifth of the book is going to be the the duel with Odium. Oh wow, that's my. That's pretty okay that's yeah. fast
0: okay yeah I mean come back to us in about a year from now I, I'm and... like pretty confident
1: I don't know why I'm just like that's fully okay what I'm expecting <laughs> and then they're going to lose the duel and then the rest of the four-fifths of the book will be them mm-hmm. trying to regain some sort of what uh, whatever the rest of the story is going to be but
0: right 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 no yeah check back uh at Phantology and that's a Phantology you know, rough, guarantee rough, roughly yeah. a year from now to see how Josh's Phantology guarantee turned out we'll have to do some at least stormlight rereads maybe i don't know i don't want to commit to a larger cosmic reread because honestly at this point it's getting really big but definitely stormlight reread and some primers and pre-release chapters and all that we'll we'll be pumped for oh
1: stormlight yeah stormlight
0: five nice. nights of wind and is the working title yeah okay anything else to mention from Canical? from uh i mean we had the Cinder King. Yeah. yeah, kind of a weaker villain, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Just kind of a typical mustache twirling. I want to control everyone mm-hmm. and gets off on torturing people. Like, I don't know. It was fine. Yeah. The villain didn't need to be developed. The villain was... The, the main part was him trying to overcome his own holdups.
0: Yeah, it was very much a trying to think back to my like high school english classes it was it was more of a character versus self conflict yeah. than a character yeah. versus character right or like yeah, for sure it it was a rare character versus environment or whatever that one was that was the one that we could never you know there's there's hardly any stories like this but this is a good one where it's like character versus the world
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's true like his main thing was trying to get get the magic back so they could skip off the world I did, th- I did want to point out, Sanderson has said he's never, he doesn't, I feel like he said he doesn't read a ton of, like, progression fantasy or, like, lit RPG. Mm. And this almost started, I mean, I don't read a lot of it either, I read Cradle, but this almost started to kind of feel like that with his, like, percent, you know, capacity full or whatever, on, like, oh, yeah. trying to okay. gain more, yeah, just trying to do things to gain more power mm. so that he could accomplish the goal. I think that this was maybe Sanderson trying to dabble in that a tiny bit. I don't know if we'll ever get like an actual lit RPG or something from him, but
0: Hmm. I haven't read a ton of lit RPG. I did read, uh, I haven't read cradle, but I read Will White's one of his earlier series. Don't remember what it was called, but yeah, it was total progressionist fantasy. Um, They're like big swords. And the last one, there was this big golden city that they had to get into and initially he was in this like weird house of horrors and he unlocked additional rooms and as he did that he unlocked new skills for himself can't remember sounds the name like a, of this. sounds like a well white yeah i can't yeah. remember the name of this series at all i need to read cradle that cradle was on my list for the year and i did not get to it so i'm glad glad you guys did but anyway yeah, there's cradle, a lot oh, this year
1: man. cradle was so good cool
0: all right well i think that's a wrap we did not Honestly, we didn't spend a ton of time getting way into the the weeds of Sunlit and Man. I think most of the discussion for this one revolves around like the greater implications just to kind of put a bow on it. I thought it was a good book, but I mostly cared about it because of implication.
1: Yeah, same. I, I mean, solid. I, I don't know. Solid book. But yeah, it would be hard to be super, super excited about it without all the implications. Yeah.
0: And, you know, with Sanderson, you always... Like he hardly ever puts out anything bad other than frugal wizard. So there's always, you know, you know, with a new book coming out, it's going to be at least a seven. And then from there it can only go up. So I think this was, I I think I gave this, what, what did I say earlier? Seven and a half. So, you know, a little bit better than average Sanderson. Yeah. Totally agree. I might have to think about that. What is average Sanderson? Exactly. I
1: would say average Sanderson is like, this might be average Sanderson. This might be average, Sanderson. I think it's like book two
0: of like the second Mistborn series. Oh, Shadows of Self. Shadows of Self. Mm, I didn't like that one as much. I feel like that's below average, Sanderson. Below average, Sanderson. Mm, I don't know. Maybe because that one was better than Alloy of Law, which was, I think, which was below average, Sanderson. Okay. Anyway, this is a this is devolving quickly. <laughs> Anyway, let us know what you think Average Sanderson is, where this one stacks up in the Cosmere, where it stacks up with all the other secret projects. Let us know what we missed and all the details. If you have a PhD in Cosmere knowledge, you know. Sure. Cosmology. Yeah. Yeah. Cos, cosmo, okay, Cosmereology. Cosmology is an actual thing. So it's an actual that. thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, leave us comments on YouTube. You can hop on our Discord. We've got dedicated channels to this and a ton of other fantasy book related stuff so all right thanks josh all right sweet see you later